Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash themoviewave. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Audibletrial.com slash themoviewave. Describe in single words only the good things that come into your mind. About your mother? Your mother? Yeah. Let me tell you about my mother. It's time to dive in the dirty waters of film criticism. Tricycle Radio presents The Movie Wave with Sergio Calvo. Hello and welcome to the Movie Wave podcast. I am Sergio Calvo, motion arts editor of Tricycle. Joining the show today, we have uh, film and television critic Mark Granger. Hello. How are you doing, Mark? Fine, thank you. Very well. And uh, we have Susanna Marchant. But uh, <laughs> she won't be in the show for too long. She'll be in the second part of the show and we'll be discussing the, the main film because she had uh, recent uh, dental surgery. So we don't want her to feel too much pain w- while talking. So I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you, you, you'll be back later on. Um, right, so we are on episode 18. And uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about David Cronenberg's uh, historical drama, A Dangerous Method. But before we get there, as always, we will talk about the films that we've been watching. So, uh, let's start with uh, Mark, and uh, then, then I'll follow you. Why why, uh, you been, why you been watching, Mark? I've actually been to the cinema unprecedented twice this month um, to see some different films. I believe last time I was, we were here, I promised I'd talk about The Muppets. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I was looking forward to that. I would be disappointed if we didn't talk about The Muppets. Oh, I've got to talk about The Muppets. I'm going to make a point every single week, a uh, month, sorry, to talk about The Muppets now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's um, going to be the, uh, week, the weekly section. I'm just going to name myself The Muppet Man, and that'll be just, <laughs> that's all I'll talk about. Um, yeah, I've went to see The Muppets and it was excellent. And if it's still on, which I think it probably is, then everyone should go and see it. Um, it's simply a very, very, very fun, joyful film. I mean, I, I already know The Muppets from a handful of their films, such as Christmas Carol and uh, Treasure Island. I didn't grow up with the show because I'm too young. But I think people like Jason Siegel, who's star of How I Met Your Mother and uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall has just obviously had such a labour of love with this film and it's so annoying as well there's people pop up who just recognise the fact that they, they, they're celebrities now and they don't know who the Muppets are they're just t- told to turn up uh, it's, it's just full of little in-jokes and breaking the fourth wall and everything It's for an uh, hour and a half comedy film it's for the whole family it's pretty much perfect it's on you, it's on you uh, we're, we're all out front practicing our acts, and it seems that everybody expects you and I to do a duet. So. Oh, that's so lovely, but I'm afraid I can't. No, no, you see, I'm already doing a duet with my new dance partner. Hola. <laughs> okay, come on, rehearsing. Let's go. We gotta break it up. Excuse us. Excuse us. Let's try that lift again, shall we? Wait, the lift again. Okay, on my count this time, okay? In three, two, one, three. Right, I'm going to surprise you. I have actually watched The Muppets. Have you? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, 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 I, I was well aware all throughout. That it's, it's not like when you when you watch other films for children, uh, Sunday Brigades for children, but when I was watching The Muppets, I kind of, uh, uh, I kind of re- remember all throughout that, okay, I'm watching a children's movie here. Oh. I think I think things like Pixar films that, that try to aim at, at children but have a separate level for adults, yes. which is very very much totally completely separate. Yes. I think Puppets was just trying to capture everyone on the one level, as, a, as opposed to having maybe things that children wouldn't understand, as well as things that they would. I think it was all very trying to be very inclusive. Right, okay, okay. I, for, for me, I thought it was pretty much a children's movie. And then if you... If you want to go with it and have, if you're an adult, you want to go with it and have fun, uh, you can enjoy it as well. I guess, I guess we all have a child inside. I, I kind of enjoy it. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't laugh at as as much as I, as I expected. I was, I was surprised by a few things. 
uh, like uh, the product placement was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it is all, all all over the all over the place. Uh, I, I I really enjoyed the songs. I th- I thought the musical numbers were great. Yeah, it was written by people who did um, uh, Flight the Concords, and I've never particularly cared for Flight the Concords. What I have seen, but I did enjoy the songs from the Muppets. Uh, especially the rap. <laughs> which yes, was just... that was really weird. It's Chris Cooper doing a rap. Yeah, it was one of those things that was just so wrong, but it knew it was so wrong that it actually turned out right. Uh, so again, just one of those things where it was just... Actually, there wasn't much of the film where I wasn't smiling. Uh, a lot of the celebrity cameos as well, I thought were very well done. Uh, with people like Neil Patrick Harris turning around and saying that I had no idea why he wasn't hosting the telethon event because he basically hosts everything in Hollywood at the moment. And even the ones like um, Dave Grohl, was was the the drummer for the evil puppets? I didn't realize that until after I came out. <laughs> yes, uh, some of the cameos were really short. You have uh, who was it? Mickey Rooney for like half a second yeah. on the screen. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I was the only person in the theater who knew who Mickey Rooney was, and that's only from episodes of The Simpsons. So <laughs> whether we, people know a bit better in America. Than, uh, <laughs> I th- I think the, the good thing about the songs, it kind of, uh, you know, reminded me. Uh, it's like br- br- bringing us all back to the uh, classic uh, Hollywood musicals, and uh, it, you know, the choreography, the 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 joy. Uh, I thought that was that, that was wonderful. All the all the musical numbers were wonderful. When there's someone by your side to sing, life's a happy song. When there's someone by your side to sing along. Yeah, it, it did bring me bring me back to my memories as a child watching TV, and um, I well, I, I didn't actually had the Muppet Show when I was. Uh, uh, a child in Spain, we didn't have the Muppet Show, but we right. did, we, did, we did have inserts of the Muppets in the Spanish version of Sesame Street. Ah, right, yeah. It was called Barrio Sesamo, and, uh, and later on we had also the animated version. Uh, it was called the Muppet Babies. Oh, oh don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I always loved about the Muppets uh, was the uh, Mana Mana song, which is which mm, is the only yes. thing I I love to revisit every every now and then. Which, but I didn't like when they played it in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the closing credits. Mm, I didn't. I, I, think I, that, I didn't like the use of the song. For me, it was like a s- sacred. It was the I only thing I really to, loved about about the, the the series. I think they have to acknowledge it. I think it yes, would have been too some, obvious. Some way. They had to make a reference, possible. but I think uh, uh, it, it didn't work for me in the end because you had like all these like gallery of famous people saying "mana mana" in the end and. Uh, I, I just I just adore the original clip. I don't want them to to touch it again. <laughs> oh, I, I think my favorite bit was the um, the eighties robot. I got a lot right, of joy okay, out of the eighties yes. robot. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and the, the the fact the villain couldn't laugh, he just kept saying maniacal laugh over and over. Laughter. I really enjoyed that. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen any other films recently? Or is, is, is that it? Uh, I, I went to see... Maybe, maybe you've maybe seen the Muppets over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the ones. I'll wait till the DVD comes out and I can watch it back to back with Christmas Carol. Um, no, I went to see Safe House as well. Okay. okay. I Reynolds film, um, okay. which was actually better than I expected it to be. Um, but I, I don't know, I probably thought it would be a bit like 16 Blocks with Bruce Willis, but without Moss Def being incredibly annoying all the way through. Uh, but it wasn't particularly like that at all, but it, it, for a film called Safe House, a lot of it was outside of the house. It was, it was basically a lot of car chases, but it was, it was done 
with a certain level of, of grit, I suppose, which was mostly brought by Denzel Washington, which made it um, slightly higher than this sort of bog standard action film. It, it had a, a level of class about it, which you know most people would have struggled to infuse it with, I think. But it did very well as a, a sort of straight ahead action film. Whether or not you'd buy it or want to go and see it again is debatable. But you know, for an evening out, it was quite fun. He's wanted for espionage on four continents. He's an expert in psychological manipulation. Oh my God, that's Tobin Frost. I've been waiting a long time for this. Frost is on the loose. <laughs> I need you to leave. I make you nervous. I'm not going to get in my head. I am already in your head. You mentioned 16 blocks, and I, I, I assume mm. Bruce Willis is probably very jealous because uh, wa- uh, Denzel Washington like took over his uh, role as the action hero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy watching Denzel Washington action films. They always, they always fun. They always kind of fun. He's not somebody I've really seen a lot of. I know I've heard a lot of his films, but the things I've never seen, like Man on Fire, for example. Right. He's a name that I hear all the time, but I don't think I actually own a film that he's in. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's worth paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, least, at, least, at least owning it. Maybe you can go to the cinema. I don't know if it, if you own it, you, you're meant to watch it again. So that's, yeah. that's, that's the, the pain. Uh Right, uh, I have a, a couple of films to talk about. Uh, they are quite light, actually, but a lot of fun, actually. Um, one of them is Headhunters, and it's a Scandinavian film. Uh, as, as, as you all know, Scandinavian cinema is now very trendy. Is there such a thing as a light Scandinavian film? <laughs> yes, this, this one is very light. Uh, and uh, you know the fact that uh, people are enjoying Scandinavian film, Scandinavian films lately. It's, I don't think it's by chance. They're actually producing very interesting stuff. And, uh, mm. Headhunters is a Norwegian film produced by the same production company behind the Millennium trilogy that we were talking about on the last episode. And uh, it has kind of a complicated plot. So I, I will tr- I will try my best to explain it. Uh, we have a protagonist who works uh, for a, an executive recruitment agency that tracks qualified people during their work life and quickly locates them in a suitable job. But that's not really what he does. In fact, this is just a way for him to win the, tr- the trust of these uh, wealthy uh, people, these wealthy executives, learn, learn a little bit about their fortunes and make appointments for them with other clients so he can enter their houses and rob them. So that's the way he, he makes his fortune and he's very, you know, very wealthy. Uh, he's got a beautiful house with a beautiful... Uh, Full of everyone else's beautiful uh, things. Beautiful uh, <laughs> wife or girlfriend. I'm, I'm not sure if he was married. Uh, and that's the way the movie starts. Uh, now, I, I don't want to spoil the film, uh, but I can say that the movie soon turns into a crime thriller with a lot of twists. Uh, and it's very tense and uh, absolutely ridiculous at the same time. So it's, it's the kind of film that you can either discredit for being unbelievable or you can go for the right. And I personally went went with it and I, I had a lot of fun. And, um, and beware because I can promise you that there will be an American remake on this one too. Another film that I've been, uh, a lot of films that I've seen, uh, another light film, it's Limitless. Uh, you probably heard of it. It stars uh, Bradley Cooper, who you probably know from The Hangover, from the two was Hangovers. That, was that the one that was out last year? It was out last year. Uh, I, yes. I, I've seen it recently. Uh, and uh, we, Bradley Cooper plays a writer who is uh, struggling uh, writing this, uh, his new book. His girlfriend dumps him, uh, so he's going through a hard time, uh, thinking that he's a loser and all that, until he discovers a drug that will enhance his intelligence. Now, you, you might be familiar with the idea that uh, humans can only access 20% of their brains. Mm. So uh, when he takes this pill, actually, uh, the pill gives him access to all of it. 
So he takes the pill and his life changes completely. He quickly becomes a very successful businessman and it's all great and bright and shiny again. And, uh, but it's no all smiles. F failing to take the drug can have devastating effects. Uh, plus, he only has limited supply. And this is when the film gets a bit dark. You know, Some sinister characters uh, join the story and move the plot forward to the point where it changes its tone to something more like a kind of a thriller. But part of these uh, changes in tone, uh, the film is uh, enjoyable uh, all throughout. And it's a better film if you don't take it too seriously. Because um, there is a lack of depth, but I think that there is a lack of uh, pretension too. So if you think about it as a, an unconventional superhero film, <laughs> then you will really enjoy it. Well, in order for a career to evolve, I'm going to have to move on. That you would even think that would only show me how unprepared you are to be on your own. I mean, you do know you're a freak. <laughs> your deductive powers are a gift from God or chance or a stray shot of sperm or whatever, whoever the hell wrote your life script. A gift, not earned. You do not know what I know because you have not earned those powers. You're careless with those powers. You flaunt them and you throw them around like a brat with his trust fund. You haven't had to climb up all the greasy little rungs. You haven't been bored blind at the fundraisers. You haven't done the time in that first marriage to the girl with the right father. You think you can leap over it all in a single bound. You haven't had to bribe or charm or threaten your way to a seat at that table. You don't know how to assess your competition because you haven't competed. Don't make me your competition. Now, I'll open up a line of credit for you. You'll be wanting a few toys. It's got a decent, decent appearance by uh, Robert De Niro, who for once does not embarrass himself like he and uh, his uh, mate Pacino have been doing recently a lot, just cashing the checks. So you mean he doesn't use a breast pump like he did in uh, Meet the Parents? <laughs> yeah, or Pacino's uh, doing the Dan Pacino rapping song in the, <laughs> which oh, I heard it, about recently in this was, Adam Adam Sandler film. <laughs> oh, that looks terrible. Uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, Jack and Jill. Yeah, Jack and Jill. That, <laughs> seems to want to be Eddie Murphy, and nobody wants that. No, they, ma they must have some debts to pay. Or, or, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but it's a shame. It's a shame because you know these guys used to have some dignity before. Something's brewing at D and D. Wow! Al Pacino. It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino. Don't mind if I do. What's my name? Dunkachino. It's a whole new game. Dunkachino. You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Attica, whoa, naughty light. This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl. I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17 lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. Dunkachino. Dunk it's like they're doing their career backwards. You think people start off doing demeaning exactly. jobs to get to, the, to get to the proper stuff. And they've yeah. started off with the proper stuff and got shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally They could have retired and just, you know, be, be remembered as a great, great actor. Oh, but, yeah. You know, uh, the, the, we watched, uh, we watched them in films that we, we cannot uh, erase from our memories now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. Uh, right. Uh, so let's talk about tricycles. Tricycle Magazine, you can go to tricycle.co.uk and check out uh, Mark Granger's glorious TV column. It's out there. Uh, where Coming he, soon. Where, <laughs> no, it's out there already. It's, it's the one where you're talking about Mad Men and also Noel Fielding's... Uh, oh, yeah, but there'll be another one coming soon. Weird looks <laughs> oh, yes, hopefully, hopefully. It's uh, the regular TV column with Mark Granger's, which uh, uh, people adore. And if you want to check out our back catalog of magazines, you can read all issues of Tricycle Magazine on our website for free. If you like our podcast, subscribe for free on iTunes, and every new episode will be automatically downloaded to your PC, iPhone, or Android. You can also go to the moviewave.podbean.com to get access to our episode archive. If you agree 
or disagree with what we say, you can share your thoughts on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the movie wave where you will you will get notified about new reviews and you will also get regular updates on all the movie action there is something for everyone now let's have a wee break and we'll be back talking about david cronenberg's a dangerous method i reflect on my reflection and i ask myself the question what's the right direction Go. I don't know. Am I a man or am I a muppet? If I'm a muppet, then I'm a very manly muppet. Am I a muppet or am I a man? Am I a man? If I'm a man. Me a muppet of a man, a muppet of a man. If you like listening to our show but you want more, what about an audiobook? Like our podcast, an audiobook can be listened on the go, on the way to work, on the bus, at the gym, in your bed, for you. The listeners of the Movie Wave, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a now extended trial. They give you 30 days to try their service. If you like it, you, you can stay in. If you don't, you can cancel it anytime and keep your free audiobook. On this episode, I would like to personally recommend The Most Dangerous Method, the book by John Kerr that inspired the play The Talking Cure. Uh, that's the play that inspired David Cronenberg's uh, motion picture at Dangerous Method. Psychoanalysis continues to exhibit an unconscionable disregard for its own history. No other contemporary intellectual endeavor, from conventional biomedical research to literary criticism, currently suffers from so profound a lack of critical historical sense concerning its origins. This book will argue that the seeds of the current situation were sown during the partnership between Freud and Jung. For it was during this period that historical accuracy first came to be less important than ideological correctness. It combines a clinical method and politics, hysteria and antisemitism, sexual duplicity and intellectual brilliance, used as blackmail, uh, learned, humane, and impossible to put down, a most dangerous method is intellectual history with the narrative power and emotional impact of great tragedy. Uh, you can get uh, John Cares, A Most Dangerous Method, or any other audiobook of your choice free by trying audible.com. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash themoviewave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash themoviewave for your free audiobook. Right, so we're back and it's time to talk about Canadian historical drama A Dangerous Method, uh, directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, we have uh, Michael Fassbender, Uh, in his weekly movie. <laughs> in this case, he's playing Dr. Carl Jung. Carl, how do you pronounce Carl? Jung. And uh, you're going to have to excuse me with the pronunciation of the names of the characters here. And uh, Viggo Mortis uh, playing Sigmund Freud. Jung uh, takes a very unbalanced uh, young Russian uh, played by uh, Kira Knightley. Uh, her name is Savina Spilrein. As a patient and a... Uh, puts into practice a new curative method by his friend and mentor Freud, uh, the talking cure. 
The film portrays the real events of a decade-long relationship between three pioneers of modern thought and founders of psychoanalysis. Good morning. I'm Dr. Jung. I admitted you yesterday. I'm not, I'm not mad, you know. Let me explain what I have in mind. I propose that we meet here most days to talk for an hour or two. Talk? Yes, just talk. See if we can identify what's troubling you. So as to distract you as little as possible, I'm going to sit there, behind you. I'm going to ask you to try not to turn around and look at me under any circumstances. And how is your little Russian patient? There was the most dramatic improvement. Is she a virgin? Almost certainly. If you ever want to take the initiative, I live in that building there. Why should we put so much effort into suppressing our most basic natural instincts? Never repress anything. I want you to punish me. There's a rumor you've taken one of your patients as a mistress. You sure that you didn't think I'd let you go without putting up a fight? So now we can have Susanna back uh, alongside <laughs> with uh, with Mark, the whole team. Uh, so let's let's discuss the the film. What do you guys think about a dangerous method? I'll let Susanna go first. Oh God. I'm always scared to go first in case I say something and then nobody agrees with me. <laughs> if you do if you do that though, we'll just disagree with you, it's fine. I thought you were gonna say I, I in case I say something and my tooth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it already came out very painfully, I might add. Um okay, well I was I was prepared for some real top notch, you know. Um, time there but um, it was it was very I think beautifully shot and nicely filmed and obviously I mean doubtlessly it was it was faithful to to the story to to the I think it was also based on a book by the way it was it was but, it was based it was actually based on a states play which was called okay. it was called the, the talking cure and okay. then the, 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 this display was actually based on a book, which was called A Most Dangerous Method. Okay. So they and that the, obviously was about, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's all of this, we assume, or most of it was based on, you know, a true story. But yes. to, to, it was quite surprising it's to me. History. I mean, I didn't, I didn't learn anything new about Jung or Freud. I didn't learn anything new about them, really. Yeah, that's because um, you are a very educated woman. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think, I mean, I th I thought it was very nicely filmed, but it was kind of hard to relate to. I must I must admit, at least for me, because there were so many plots um, and so many scenes that were not related to one another. That to me, it it was it, it lacked something for me to 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 be engrossed in in it. You know, I am. Um, right. There was something, something really unmoving at the heart of the story, and so I, I didn't really care much for 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 what happened to to the characters. You know, when I get really engrossed in a movie, I really care, and I I say, you know, I want everything to turn right, or I want somebody to die, or whatever. I didn't really care much for any of those people, which 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 I thought was was a pity because this film had a great potential in it. I thought. I don't know if you noticed, though, there was a clever bit where he kind of did the circular thing with the film, where he closed it. Basically, beginning and end were the same thing. She was, at the, at the beginning, she was crying, going towards Jung. At the end, she at was crying. At the end, spoilers alert. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's, you know, I mean, to be honest, you can see it in the... You know, fast, we, fast forward for the next twenty seconds. You can, you, know, you can find on Wikipedia. I mean, it's obvious. Right. I mean, Jung was married, right? Yeah. But it's basically it was this circular thing where you know there was this crying person going towards Jung, and then at the very end there was this person leaving Jung crying as well. 
Yeah. Um, so I thought that was this little kind of circular, circular yeah, thing. He little he tied a little knot and then. Very interesting because it doesn't really end the 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 it doesn't end the way it started. There's been a transformation in the character of. Carl oh yeah, Young. absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. been a huge transformation in the character of Sabina Spielberg as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought. I mean, I was. I was. I thought it was very well acted. Um, the 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 uh, male actors, especially, I was very impressed with. Right. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about um, uh, Kira Knightley's performance. Uh, what do you think about her? Uh, people seem to have like different opinions on that. Like, I thought. I thought. I thought it was a bit over the top. Yeah. There are there are films where people obviously where people play people with mental disabilities or physical disabilities and 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 you can totally relate to that or you can you you totally believe them um she i think she went a little bit over the top i mean i i, I mean that's my opinion yeah that's that's why i thought as well uh when i first started watching it but then like kind of um i'm not so sure i have the double feelings about kira knightley's I, I think i think she's a good actress my, yes. uh, my my problem yes. with her, I think she might have been miscast in this role. I think she's she's trying really hard and she's she's, she's she has taken a very challenging role. I think it's over the top as well. But uh, but at, at the same time, you know uh, all these histrionics and excess. Uh, you can also argue how can you overact a hysterical person? <laughs> I thought I thought I, I mean I. I judge by by um, oh goodness by whether I, it's cringeworthy. <laughs> right. At, uh, at the beginning of the film, it made me cringe a little. Um, yes. I mean, I've seen many films, you know, about people with mental disabilities, and 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 I don't think I I cringed a lot. <laughs> So, but at the very beginning, I think she she did it over the top slightly. Later, I mean, she kind of mellowed and yeah. and kind of and so she started kind of playing more with the emotions and characters rather than just the physical aspect of right, it. But that has to do with the transformation of the character. I think. Yes. I think the thing the thing that you're talking about with the the the, the beginning of the film and the uh, Kira Knightley, which is something that's bothering a lot of uh, a lot of people. It did bother me as well in the beginning. Uh, it, it does kind of make sense. In the in the in the context of the of the character and where, where the character is, and also, uh, I, I think there's been a lot of research going on about it. Uh, and when they were making the film, uh, they they were they were trying to capture all the ticks and all the shakes and mm-hmm. conval- convulsions uh, uh, that they were described on the on the journals because the journals were the the first like one of the the most important sources like journals and uh, uh, all these. Uh, uh, letters that they sent to each other, mm-hmm. uh, this this tri- triangle of characters. So they, they were trying to replicate that, and uh, these movements of uh, her jaw and all that, which is all very very over the top. It, it was uh, the, it, it might be accurate, it might not, but they, 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 they were, there was a source there that they were trying to respect when they were doing it. So in that sense, they they, they, they were trying to be uh, true to the. To the to, to the his, uh, to the historical character, but uh, yes, it, it's quite uh, bothering to see uh, no, so over it. the top. Considering that the the other two actors, they they kind of underplay the roles, but it, it, it probably in the in the context of the character of Samina uh, Spielberg, it makes sense that it has to be over the top. I buy it that I mean she was you know she had ticks and and it was convulsions convulsions and whatnot I do buy that it's just that I don't know maybe it's just her <laughs> do you think he struggled because she's so high profile as opposed uh, to some of the films you might have seen which didn't have as big name stars in it I mean she's never been the most expressive um, actress but at the same time you know I assume that she did that quite well, she, I mean, she, but it just she, looked strange because it was Kira Knightley. She was, she was great in Le- Never Let Me Go. So that's when I realized that, that yeah. this, this girl's got a lot of potential, and, and uh, now we can see that she, she can do she can do better. I think I think the problem might be for me uh, that I think she uh, she's a bit uh, miscast. I think uh, another actress would have. Uh, 
I don't know, maybe portray uh, better the, the original character and then create, create the sex, sexual tension that I don't think works too well between Fassbender and her. But I, I think, I think the, it, you needed a bit more fire there. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you guys think about, about the Viggo Mortensen and Fassbender. Do they deliver or... It yeah. took me a while to notice it was actually Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> which, which then it did work for you. I do really like Michael Fassbender. I could see what he was trying to do with, uh, be, you know, obviously being repressed and trying to be a bit um, aloof. But to me, it to me it didn't come across as well as it might have done. It, look, it looked a bit um, bit flat. Which I would, wouldn't normally say about Fastbender, but to be honest, the whole film I thought was a film that was too short. Probably would have worked better as a play, which obviously was before. I think it didn't find its focus. I think I think they've said we're going to take this from the play, and they haven't took the time to find a focus because the most interesting bits for me were when Fastbender's young and Mortensen's were having psychological discussions and when you saw how their relationship changed but that was all covered in about 20 minutes yeah um i think they tried to put the sort of tragic love story in as well but that's the dialogue didn't help that in the slightest because the same sort of dialogue that works well in the discussion between two psychoanalysts made the scenes between nightly and fastbender preposterous there's a scene at the end where they were talking about um young's wife being like the linchpin of the house and it's just it was a conversation that nobody in the real world would ever have talking about feelings and emotions this, this is where extraordinary people oh well I, I know that but these people would still have normal conversations they wouldn't uh, all talk like a textbook when they were talking about uh, I, I think I think from, oh. I, th- I think from what I have read uh, or, or doing a little bit of research to prepare the show uh, these people didn't have normal conversations so that I think it's, that, I think that's it's very easy that's why they're trying to do here I, I, I guess I, know, but I think it's very easy if you're writing your journal or diary to make yourself sound like you had a smarter conversation than you actually did you know, you, you recount the story of what you said. You get rid of all the pauses and stutters and stammers, and you get this perfect streamlined version. It's just something about the dialogue that was between them when they were trying to hang the, the romantic story. Just didn't work as well as when they were having the discussions between Freud and Jung. I mean, the stuff on the boat and in in the off the the, boat, the cruiser and in the office between Freud and Jung worked re- really well. It was just the love yeah. story side of it, just. It, it's kind of felt a bit anemic compared to that and they had the ballads totally the other way around it, it, this, it, I think they could have done better to find one focus more above the other I, thank you I want to thank you because that's that's basically you just put into you just named what I was trying to say and I couldn't that yeah they lacked focus basically they couldn't find a focus for the film yeah. Can read, they can decide what they want to concentrate on. At which it's too maybe. short as well, I thought, mm. to find it. Yeah. Um, what I found interesting was, um, basically, they were, you know, obviously they were supposedly speaking German, right? Um, so the main characters who spoke German spoke with an English accent. Um And because Kira Knightley was Russian, she was supposed to speak English with a Russian accent. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't really make much sense to me. Yeah, everyone else is English. She was Russian. <laughs> I don't, I mean, oh come on! So if you really want to do this, why don't everybody else? Why doesn't everybody else speak with an English with a with a German accent? She can speak with a Russian accent, and then just let's pretend, you know, everybody. It's I I don't know. I just thought thought it was a funny little funny little touch. Um, yeah. No, but uh, the, the, that that issue didn't uh, bother me. I, it does normally bother me when they do these things, but in this case, I think it worked. It, it worked uh, great. Uh, they did. They did a good job. For me, it was completely. Uh, I, I got immersed in the in the story at least. So that's 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 the main idea. And uh, we were talking about acting. I think. Uh, Viggo Mortensen and Fassbender when they're talking as Mark said that's the, the conversations they have that's the most interesting, the interesting part and it's the, the the time when there is most chemistry uh, be, between the two of them but I think Fassbender is still the better one because I, I think he does embody the character or, or at least he, he, he brings the, the character of Young uh, to, to life better than the, the, the other two 
and um, you know in the end it's that's what it's all about it's a ca- characters you know this triangle of characters and uh, i think mostly focus on young because we, we I, I think when uh, and that's what the fastman does pretty well we can see his thoughts and concerns and then we see him all, all, all throughout the film how he's making these poor choices and then the transformation that happens afterwards really and, really uh, yes like, I, I totally didn't. You, didn't you didn't get to see that i i, I think uh, fast when they carried that very well um i, and, uh, I mean i i wasn't i mean I, I liked his acting i did yes but because because of the story because how it was built the 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 um affair the the romance the, the love story I, t- I i didn't i couldn't relate to them at all because it wasn't explored enough I think so, the problem was the flicks between say, oh, we're not going to be together, and then suddenly there were, and there was no concept of time or any sort of real reason why they'd want to be together again. Yeah, it, exactly. It was very, very abrupt, and one minute he was like, one minute he was very staged, like, I'm going to look through your work, and the next minute he was crying for her not to leave. And I I, don't, exactly! I, you just took it out. That was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah. I totally, the, the, the crying bit, I totally didn't understand it. Because I mean, uh, at I, I one think point, yes, at one point they were just talking about her work, and they said they were gonna manage be, being just friends or whatever. And then suddenly he's crying, and I don't know where it came from. You can at least have a montage or something, but it's probably the fact that the the character of Sabrina Spielberg it might be a bit underdeveloped. Like you mm-hmm. don't you don't they, they are like very big changes in the character and they seem to happen very quickly and uh, they are like missing bits there but I, I guess that they were trying to put so much stuff in it because there are many things going on in this film and they're trying to put so much stuff in it they can do they kind of squeeze things in and they have a lot of things going on throughout time throughout the, uh, this period of time of 10 years and uh, I think the character of uh, the kid the, 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 the place has been maybe a bit rushed I think it would be better to see how this transformation happens. We don't really see how it happens. You don't. We don't really see how she gets cured. I guess the 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 the, the, the sexual experiences have something a lot uh, well, a lot to do with the with the, with her cure and also the treatment that she's going through. But then the way that she becomes a psychiatrist, how how quick that happens from a patient to a psychiatrist, that, I think that, that's very very rushed. So I think it might be a problem there. I think the whole thing just could have done with being slightly rebalanced towards, you know, Jung meets this patient, tries to help her, then meets Freud, and then, you know, how that relationship grows, and then is destroyed by the fact that he's he had relations with his patient. And if Kira Knightley's role was maybe just a little bit smaller and a little bit more transient, just to see how she affected the, that relationship with Freud and Jung, if they'd give that more time to develop and then see how she affected that. I think it would have worked with her having a slightly smaller, more mobile part as opposed to trying to weight all three equally. I think we're omitting also another character, the, the Otto, Otto Gross, or whatever his mm. name was. Yeah. Because his influence on Jung, on Jung was great. I mean, he basically pushed him into this whole thing into this whole affair. Yeah. Um, but, again, he, he's, he, how long did he, I mean, appear for? Like, maybe two minutes in the whole film? Um, I don't think there was a need for him to be there any longer. It, it, it is an important character because it's the, the one that has a, has a big influence. At least, um, you see how these three characters have an influence in each other, and then there is this character that has a main influence in Jung, because he's, you know, he's the polygamist and an anar- anarchic doctor. He, he kind of, uh, with his charm, kind of persuades uh, uh, Young to, 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 to cheat. And, uh, okay, to, no, I understand that, but, I, 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 but I think because he, he pushed Young so hard, because he, he basically influenced Young in, in such a big way, yes. I would want to understand how he did it, because in those two minutes or three minutes, I didn't, I didn't see it. I did. I did see very did well. You? I think he did a great job. I think uh, what's the name of the French actor again? Um, who who play Alto? Vin- uh, Vincent Castle. Sorry, how could I forget? 
Vincent Cassel, I think he's fantastic. I love him in this film, and I think he was very convincing. And I, uh, he 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 portrayed this uh, charm very in a very convincing way. He, he, no, I, I thought he was he, convincing. I just thought his role was too short. Because I think, I think it, it, it was long enough for us to understand uh, what was going on. But again, this could have been solved if the film was another 20, 25 minutes longer. Yes, just it's, to give everything a bit more tidy. It's a very tight film. I think it could have been longer. But that's probably a decision of Michael. Was it 95 to, minutes long or to, something? To, to, to keep it short. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I probably it probably could be uh, longer. Like, let, let's talk a little bit about the th- uh, the themes. Uh, we we always uh, uh, have a look at the themes of the film, and uh, I think in this case it's pretty it's pretty much a film about ideas, uh, which is uh, a bit unusual now nowadays in in, in films. So it's uh, 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 the ideas clashing. I think I should put down the poster. A dangerous mm. method. I- ideas will clash. <laughs> You have, uh, Reve- revenge of the idea. Revenge of the idea. Of, uh, <laughs> Fro- uh, F- uh, Freud and Jung, the titans of psychoanalysis. <laughs> Something like that. The Oedipus complex strikes back. <laughs> I think, uh, uh, yeah, Fro- Freud and Jung is the, is, is, are the two characters that they have the, uh, uh, for me, uh, are the, the ones that kept my interest. And the interaction between the two of them. Uh, was the it's it's where the film succeeds the most and uh, you know the elegant direction of Cronenberg is a very uh, a very good director with a very long career and uh, he knows pretty pretty well his job and I think I think for me for me uh, he he made this film a pleasure to watch I did enjoy it and a pleasure to to listen to because the the dialogues are are brilliant and the the problem. Uh, might be for maybe for those who are mar- more proficient on the subject, like uh, Susanna, <laughs> that everything everything that has to do with psychoanalysis is pretty much simplified to ensure that the audience can follow it. But I, I don't I don't I don't see this as, as a bad thing because the the dialogues they still remain quite engaging and they are they're very rich in the vocabulary and the formal style. As we were talking before, this is not the way people talk. But yeah, uh, I think these were extraordinary people and they they talk in an extraordinary way and the the scenes where Jung and Freud are debating ideas that I think are the most, fascin- the, the most fascinating, which is uh, both a, an example of good writing and a good chemistry between both uh, Fassbender and Mortensen. And it's also interesting to see how the, the, the ideas come uh, more and more apart. Uh, uh, Jung doesn't believe in, the co- in coincidences. He can, he can predict things like the cracking sound the bookshelf. He has uh, these premonitions like the the, this apocalyptic dream at the end about the big flood in which water turns to blood, which is, you know, premonitory of the war and all that. So he leaps in these things like telepathy and the parapsychology, para, para and uh, I, these ideas are very much rejected by, by Freud. You I knew that was going to happen. What? I felt something like that was going to happen. I had a kind of burning in my stomach. What are you talking about? It's the heating. Wouldn't the bookcase just crack, that's all? No, it's what's known as a catalytic exteriorization phenomenon. A what? A catalytic exteriorization phenomenon. Don't be ridiculous. My diaphragm started to glow red hot. (laughs) And another thing. It's going to happen again. What? In a minute, it's going to happen again. My dear young friend, this is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. You must promise... You see? Or uh, Freud, uh, all, all neuroses have a sexual origin, and this is uh, this obsession with sex is something that that irritates Jung in some way. So, the, so these differences be, uh, become uh, more apparent, and that's, then we see the friendship kind of uh, fall, falling apart. So that, that's uh, that's probably why I was trying to say when the ideas will clash. So uh, I think it's the, the the thing that carries the the film this clash of ideas. I don't know why you guys think about that. About the ideas in the film. I'm just like Susanna go first as always. Oh uh, no, he's I know she loves going first so much. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what about ideas? I mean, obviously, I mean the 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 relationship between Jung and no, 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 not so much about the ideas that they're expressing, but if the if they if it's if you see this film. If you see ideas like the theme of the film, 
or as you see that this film is more about the romance between uh, Young and um, Kira Knightley. Well, the, pro the problem is I don't see this film to be about anything in particular. Right. Okay. That's the problem. The, there, there are so many things that they were trying to squeeze into it that that it's not about anything in particular. So when, I mean, it, when, it, can, when it says uh, a dangerous method, what is it about? Beats me. Um, I mean, to be honest... Okay, I would assume that I mean they wanted to maybe introduce the the the, the methods um, and the ideas behind Jung and uh, Freud's psychoanalysis, um, and make them a bit more understandable to the general public. But I would think that most people knew what Freud stood for. <laughs> most people would, I think. Yeah. Um, um, so I think. <sighs> I mean, to be honest, you could see that, you know, that they, their ideas were similar, you know, so, so some of it, obviously, they didn't agree about. It's just that they kind of drifted apart, and even that somehow wasn't sh portrayed enough. They really should have given the film more time, um, another, you know, extra 20 minutes or 15 minutes or so um, could have I think it have done the film much, much good. That, that probably comes in the DVD extras. <laughs> <laughs> in a, do, do, in a docu documentary or something. Yeah. Uh, it, for, for me, the, the, the way I read it, like the, the, the title of the film, I don't think it refers so much to psychoanalysis. For me, well, at least I like to think it refers a little bit to, uh, you know, we were talking about Vincent Cassell having a, a really small part in the film, but I think it refers to uh, his ideas and the, the negative influence that these ideas have on, on Jung. And, uh, because we see Jung, like he, how he crosses his... Uh, Moral boundaries, let's say. Given to everything. Yeah, yeah. He puts his yeah. marriage and his career in danger, and uh, you know he he is going to have to live life with the guilt and sadness. And we can we can we kind of see that at the, at the end of the the film how uh, he turns uh, very sad. I made a stupid mistake. Is that what it was? I broke one of the elementary rules of my profession. I'm your doctor, and I believe I did you some good. I can't forgive myself for overstepping the mark. He also has a very, very wealthy wife. He, he makes sure that he has everything he wants. She thinks yeah. that she thinks that she, he's worth it. You know, when he when she says <laughs> like you're a good man, you know, and he, yeah. he's, he's giving him a vessel, you know, everything he 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 wants. But yes, I think I think the dangerous method is probably more Otto's method yeah. than than uh, Freud's uh, uh, method of the talking. The, how was it? The, the, the talking cure. Yeah. But the, the idea that you shouldn't repress anything, if you think about it, is very dangerous because the, uh, the, the psychoanalysis itself isn't dangerous and uh, partly uh, helps uh, Sabina uh, to recover from her neurosis. Uh, I think uh, Young didn't actually follow Otto's uh, way of life, like he did kind of succumb to his uh, sexual desires and in some way he was seeking for. Uh, Otto's approval. So then uh, Otto just told him what he wanted to hear. Basically, just go and have sex with your patient. So, yeah, uh, I think that's why it was more dangerous. Um, well, something, something was funny uh, uh, about uh, one of the curiosities of uh, behind the scenes here is that uh, Christoph Waltz was going to be initially uh, playing Freud. But he and Christian Bale is young as well, wasn't it? Really? Okay. Yeah, they both, okay, they both okay. dropped out. That, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. What wouldn't be interesting was the original casting of Julia Roberts. All oh, right. <laughs> Maybe not. The role. Oh, no, you're you kidding me. You're kidding me, right? No, no. <laughs> this is what Julia? I've read. Yeah, they wanted uh, Julia Roberts <laughs> to be spanked by Christian Bale. As far as I know, Sabina was 18 when she was first brought there. Mm. <laughs> they wouldn't I have to think... give her another facelift, I suppose. Oh, oh, that's rude. Oh, <laughs> I wonder why they all opted out. Well, it's always just schedule commitments. Maybe the thought to say um, the running time was too short. Oh, right, guys. Some uh, final words here. 
But you recommend this film or uh, or not? It, it reminded me a lot of older films where it feels like a stage show. Um, very so it, it, felt, theatrical. It, it felt stagey to you? Yeah, to me it felt stagey. And a lot of that's down to the dialogue and the how, how the set pieces were handled. You know, a lot of sitting down, not much action. Um, okay, okay. I thought it had the makings of a, a decent story between Jung and Freud, which was sadly underdeveloped. Uh, but what was there was quite good. Uh, whether or not I'd recommend it, I don't know. It, it was only an hour and a half, but that's that's also its failing. Um, so, you know, if, if you have to a, a semi-interesting look at the relationship between three people, I'd possibly say go for it. And again, I was kind of expecting a story about Kieran Knightley loving to be spanked, so I was always going to be a little bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair enough. <laughs> right, Susanna, uh, do, you, do you find the film statey? Do you, do you think it was film theater or was it cinematic? I think... Do, do I, you see Cronenberg's hand at all in, in this film? Maybe a little. I mean, um, the, the fact is that there was, there was so much dialogue in it. I always appreciate dialogue in films. Um... Um, because I mean a lot of stories are you know you don't need action constant action and things blowing up um, I mean Tarantino is a good example of basically people talking about nothing and still making it interesting um, so you can tell that you know it was yeah based on a on a play like you said um, but I think they they missed an opportunity because I mean they were filming in such such beautiful places and they had so many opportunities to to add something more to the film um, that I think they missed a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure if I would recommend it or not. Um, I think I think that they they lacked a little bit of focus, like Mark said. Um, I mean, the 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 performances were good. Um, definitely and and it was nicely short and um although i do have to say i i totally don't mind boobs on screen i really don't but they don't usually they they don't have to mean th that the film is deep or or artistic <laughs> i say i say i say you were gonna say But I prefer bigger boobs. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm perfectly honest, I probably would. Because, I mean, it's Kira Knightley. She doesn't have That's all your hair fault, is it? <laughs> What? That's all her fault. She can't yes. do it for that. She can't make her boobs act better. It's just the size they are. We need Sabina Spielrein's picture so we can compare and we can say if it's accurate I saw, or not. I saw her pictures on, online and right. I looked up. I looked her up. What you've been watching online? I don't want to see your internet history. Like, <laughs> oh, it was just pictures. No, it's. Or, I mean, <laughs> look, they knew that that you know, Kira Knightley's lacking in that department, so they could have either rearranged things or just not bother at all. <laughs> I'm surprised she actually went for that because she's she's still you know she's still quite a high profile actress and she's likely to do many more blockbuster films. Yes. Uh, I'm surprised she actually went topless, even to that extent, because she's never struck me as the type of actress who would, you know, like that type of that very famous breed of actress who just don't particularly like to bother with it. Yeah, to be to be perfectly honest with you, joking aside, I just thought that it was either to push um, this idea that it, this is an artistic deep film. Um, Or I or or just kind of try and 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 kind of deepen the idea that oh she's perverse. Um, Maybe they wanted really... a lot of hits on Google. <laughs> <laughs> you see, maybe right again. Maybe right again. <laughs> I, I I really don't know. I mean, I to perfectly honest, show me as many boobs as you want on 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 um in a film. I don't mind. I just need to see a reason, and that the, I don't think there was one. All right. Okay. Now let's let, let's talk about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I uh, don't, can't laugh. It hurts. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. I, uh, what can I say? 
some final words here. I have, I have a lot of words to say, actually. One, one of the things uh, I, I, I want to say, I, I really like the way this film uh, depicts the characters, this triangle of characters, insisting in the triangle of characters, because, you know, we have, we have Carl, Carl Jung, who is a very bright and very ambitious, very ambitious and promising doctor who, who finds uh, Freud as his father figure. So he's the, the one who puts in practice, actually, the talking method. Then we have Sigmund Freud. Uh, he, he's, uh, you know, we all associate Sigmund Freud with psychoanalysis. And as Susanna say, it's a, very, it's a very popular thing. Everyone knows about Freud. And it's, uh, sex is the primary foundation of all neurosis, uh, according to, to, to Freud. And then we have the interpretation of dreams, uh, which is something that we all associate with uh, Sigmund Freud. And we have scenes with the interpretation of dreams here, which is quite interesting. And uh, the character of Sabine Spildrin, which is important, and uh, it's kind of forgotten in history, but I think this, this film and the book, I guess, and the play kind of, kind of bring, uh, bring uh, back the, 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 femi- the fe- feminine character here, which has a very important influence in psychoanalysis. So it's this uh, patient who is a masochist, and he's ashamed of his feelings and desires, and then then it's funny to see how when uh, Fassbender Young is hitting the coat uh, that brings her back memories of uh, being uh, spanked by her father, and then she's having a bath uh, uh, of cold water, and she, that you can see on her face how it turns from discomfort to kind of sexual pleasure there. Uh, so it, he, humiliation also seems to be an important trigger of her arousal. So the, it's funny how she's a patient who wants to become a doctor, and but she's also very bright, very intelligent. Uh, how uh, her uh, uh, finally she has a big contribution to psychology and becomes very uh, a very important person in history. And uh, she has the most positive transformation from a neurotic patient to a psychiatrist. Whereas uh, then, then, then you see Young, who has a, a more negative transformation because he becomes the neurotic, and even even his wife will suggest in the end of the film how uh, Sabina should uh, treat his uh, should treat uh, her husband, uh, which is very ironic. And it's also ironic that uh, Young is the one that lived the longest because he, in the, in the eight, end titles you can see how he died in 61 and uh, then Sabina died uh, quite, quite early um, in 41 shot by the Nazis and uh, then Spoilers. Uh, well it's just history I, I, I don't think it's <laughs> anything in the film it's just uh, it's probably more interesting to know this uh, uh, before before watching the film. I think you see it with different eyes. And uh, uh, then, then uh, and we have also uh, Freud uh, driven out of Vienna by the Nazis and uh, died of cancer in in thirty nine. So you know they all kind of influenced each other. And then we talk about Otto Gross, which for me it, like it was a bit of a funny character as well. So it kind of brought some. Uh, I would say some comedy as well to the to the film, some humor. Uh, but if, overall, I think it was a very good portrayal of the, the, the time, the place, the characters. And it, it, as, as you both say, yes, it, it might like some dramatic thrills. But for me, it was enjoyable and I thought it was stimulating. And I, I think it's a very rich film because there are so many things that I think I, I might have missed watching on the first view. And I, it probably, it probably uh, you know, gets richer if you, if you see it a few more times. And it's, it's also, uh, you were mentioning the length of the film. It's very tight, you know, it's just like one hour and 40 minutes long. But I don't think there is anything in it that's uh, unnecessary, at least. You might say, okay, you might... You might be able to expand a little bit more on it, but nothing, no, nothing was uh, superfluous. It's uh, so. Uh, the, also, the direction of Cronenberg is very elegant, very precise, uh, nicely shot, and uh, considering that the film is mostly uh, dialogues, uh, I found it entertaining and engaging. So I would, I would definitely recommend it. I think I've talked enough, <laughs> and uh, I hope uh, Susanna didn't. I didn't make you talk for too long. I hope you you recover soon from your uh, thank you from your teeth. I hope so too. And, uh, <laughs> from my teeth, because that's a disease. <laughs> and we can uh, wrap it up now. So uh, that was it for episode 18 of the movie Wave. Thank you, Susanna, again for uh, for thank joining uh, painfully the show. And uh, thank you, Mark. Uh, looking forward to your next uh, article of Mark's TV. Thank you. 
this is uh, always uh, a pleasure to read and for more uh, for more film reviews you can go to tricycle.co.uk where you can read all the issues of tricycle magazine for free on your pc laptop android iphone or ipad uh, tricycle magazine is now responsible for the content of this program and all opinions and views expressed on the show are solely of the individuals thanks very much for listening we'll be surfing the wave soon this podcast is a production of calvinet entertainment for tricycle magazine find out more at tricycle.co.uk that's t-r-i-s-i-c-k-l-e.co.uk I wonder if you're aware of the fact that our conversation has so far lasted 13 hours.